Hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Linda Willow Roberts from I Am a Manifestor Facebook page, but I'm here today to have an enlightened conversation, and I'm just so excited. I've got author Madeline Walker with me. Now she is a world-renowned animal communicator. She actually works with horses and riders and helps them with trauma. She's a consultant and a spiritual empowerment coach. Her mission is to raise humankind's awareness to how how deep connection is to animals. She travels extensively, extensively to work with wild species like lions, elephants and whales and sharks, just to name a few. She's a pioneer in her techniques with past lives. She is um, based in the UK. She's written three books, An Exchange of Love, Animal Healing People, The Whale Whisperer, Your Pets, Past Lives and How They Connect to You, and many, many meditation CDs, Whale Hearts and Dragons Flight, that just sounds beautiful. Her new book is going to be released in April, and it's The Unity, The Power of the Animal Kingdom. And she has her new cards coming out in April as well, which are... um, The cards are Guardian of Gaia, Earthkeeper, and that is Whales and Dragons. Is that correct, Madeline? The new one. Sorry, they're going to be out um, probably next week. They're going to be launched March 21st for the Equinox, so they're going to be out very soon. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Now, the the animals. Oh, my God, aren't you so lucky to work with animals? I mean, I have... um, have called me the bird woman. Um, I have messages and guides with birds and people from um, all different areas of the world give me feathers. But you actually have um, lovely connection with horses and and you help with their trauma and the rider to, to link them back together. Is is That would just be amazing. <laughs> I'm just in awe of what you do. Oh, well, thank you. And thank you so much for inviting me for a chat this morning. Well, sorry, evening probably for you, isn't it? Uh, morning yeah. in the UK. But uh, it's a, a real privilege to be here to, to chat to you. And uh, so thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, very welcome. Very welcome. So I want to talk to you about, um, I have a couple of questions about animals, but I'll, I'll ask you that later. But with the connection with the horse and rider after a trauma, so that's after um, a, a, um, they've fallen over or there's been some sort of stress with the horse and rider, is in this present life, is that correct? Yes, it is, but the horses can also flag up um, the trauma that is also connected to maybe to a shared past life. Oh, really? So actually, a a horse taught me an amazing technique to take people and their animals back to a past life trauma to to rewrite it, to re-script it. And uh, this horse just said to me one day, well, can't we just have a happy ending? And I said, well, yes, that would be lovely. How do we do that? And the horse said, I will show you. And uh, it was amazing, and it's a technique I've used again and again. And um, these animals have taught me really everything I know. I haven't studied, uh, I mean, I've done conventional stress management consultancy and counseling and that kind of thing, but the animals have just taught me these amazing techniques. And um, yeah, they, they keep upgrading me, and it's so exciting to know where they're gonna take me next. But um, 
very much, you know, it, it can be a confidence issue. Maybe they've had a bad fall um, and the, the riders lost confidence, the horses lost confidence. So it's really working together with them to, to kind of reunite them, rebalance them emotionally, because it's, I can tune into their physical issues, but it's mainly about the emotions and it can stem from the, the riders' uh, childhood issues of, of confidence. And it, it could be an old um, trigger in, in that respect from childhood or with um, school or parents or whatever. So it's going back and really, really delving into the root cause of it and then healing it and releasing it. And when you work with the horse, the horse knows everything. The horse, I'm just the voice. The horse tells me exactly what their humans need to heal. So it's, it's just wonderful. Isn't that gorgeous? And it's unconditional love. I love that the animals have unconditional love for us. Mm. Uh, I absolutely love horses, but I am actually afraid to ride them. Okay. So there's something there with me that, that I know that, that uh, has happened, obviously, for me to have that. But I can go to my sister's farm and get go out the back and pat the horses. I have no trouble with doing that um, in the back paddock, but I do have a fear of riding them and uh, I've had that forever. I have yeah. tried a couple of times and I'm just so nervous. I just am useless. Mm. Mm. Well, you know, I, I'm not so um, brave riding anymore. I think as you get older, you do see a little bit more of the dangers, but um, I just love to hang out with them. I, they're just the yeah. most beautiful animals aren't they they're just oh, very lovely. very spiritual beautiful creatures yeah i love when they look at you and they're looking through to your soul yeah and, absolutely. and that is such a beautiful connection really really is it's just um and you know when we go to visit my sister the first thing that most of us do is go out in the back paddock she's got seven horses out there at the moment i think and we just go out to visit them and and she's actually called one of them my mum's name and one of them my dad's name who's passed oh. over so we go out the back and have a look at mum and dad run, running around in the paddock. <laughs> Fabulous. You know, there's so many equine assisted therapies starting now, or well, been, you know, uh, available for ages. So, you know, they are incredible healers for us. And yes. uh, they, like you say, they can really reach deep into our souls and, and they know exactly what we need to help us heal. And I think one of the main messages from the animal kingdom is about you know, re-empowering us because we give our power away and, you know, so many of us are, are coming from a place of fear and the animals remind us that we need to come from a place of love That's and right. if we stand in our true authentic power then if we work together then we i think we've then got a, a great future but uh, it's really the whole subject about the book unity is about interspecies unification coming together to to work with the animal kingdoms and the nature realms to really start to to help mother earth and then i think humankind has a good chance of of going forward I've already always had a connection with, with earth and, um, and nature, um, like I said, birds, dragons, um, and I've had, some, I've had a lovely experience with a dolphin. Um, mm -hmm. I was actually walking along the beach, uh, I was living in Queensland, walking along the beach one day, and on my walks on the way there, I would have my little whinge about what I wanted to come in, and on the way back I'd do my gratitude list. And <laughs> Just about, uh, and I don't get involved in religion or politics vocally, but I was having a bit of a whinge when uh, I think it was Siberia had started, um, Syria, sorry, 
Um, where did that come from? Um, Syria had just uh, exploded and, and uh, they were just having the first lot of problems and I had a bit of a tanty saying, you know, come on, do something about it. The majority of the world wants peace. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden this dolphin popped up in the... Um, in the water and I just started laughing and I went, oh, that's peace. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll give it now. And then I started walking back and, and the dolphin sort of followed me. Um, it was the Pumice Stone Passage and the dolphin actually followed me as I was walking back and then wow. I got a, a spot and I thought I'd like to get a picture of it and I went to take a photo and then it just sort of jumped out and jumped in and all I got was a splash of water. <laughs> um, and then it went and within seconds it was gone and, and I went, oh, thank you. So that really, um, that really was a sign, you know, for me to, to, to see that there was going to, it wasn't going to be um, as bad as um, I think they'd made it out to be, although the displaced people and, and everything that's happened um, wouldn't call it that bad. But yeah, I, I feel for them, but that was certainly a, um, a personal message for me and I just loved it. So, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful moment. And they are all about finding our joy. They're all about joy. Yes. Um, we, we call it being dolphinated. It's like you're being vaccinated with joy and or, or being infected, sorry, being infected with dolphin joy, being dolphinated, to which, of which there is no cure. So it's oh, beautiful to be infected by I a dolphin. I would love to be dolphinated every day. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> so, from a very... So, have you... When was the first time that you ever knew that you could talk to animals? Well, I think it started very, when I was about four, um, my parents were going to take me to a circus the next day. And that night um, I said to my father, oh, um, there's going to be an elephant driving a car. And my father said, I don't think so, darling. I don't think there's going to be an elephant driving a car. I said, yes, there is going to be an elephant driving a car. And so the next day we went to the circus, we got our seats in the big top. And the very first thing that came on was an elephant driving a car. And <laughs> my, my father and mother looked at me going, oh my God, who's this very strange child? I said, told you so. Told you so there'd be an elephant driving a car. And I'd been given this vision so clearly. And uh, my father took a photograph of, of it, a black and white photograph, obviously back in the day. And um, I still have the copy of the photograph. And uh, yeah, there's evidence, photographic evidence of my vision. Um, so I think, but then I think uh, I always just was obsessed with animals and um, I think you know over time with school and peer pressure you kind of put that to one side because people think you're weird well they still think I'm weird but (laughs) um, so you don't kind of go go there so much no well that's what's so lovely about chatting to you Um, but then um, I was married to a very scientific veterinarian who thinks all this is absolute nonsense which is why we're not together anymore but I obviously learned a lot about conventional medicine and I always could intuit imbalances, especially in horses. But I also had a very um, good, I think, rapport with the human clients, especially when animals had to pass over. And I really felt their pain. And I, and I really prided myself on being supportive to them. Before people had grief counseling for pet loss, um, it's now much more accepted. But it, back in those days, it was like, oh, it's only a dog, you know, get another one. And of course, that's ridiculous. Um, then I went to visit my friend's horses and then um, it was a really cold day so we, we, we dashed back inside and she'd just got this little Jack Russell puppy called Sam and I said you know can I have a cuddle can I have a cuddle so he was on his back and I was just cuddling his little pink tummy and um, 
he looked at me so directly and suddenly started talking to me, which kind of freaked me out a little bit. But the subject matter was what really freaked me out because he started to talk about um, how he's a, he was a reincarnation of my friend's old dog. All and I right. thought, what? Um, and I was open to human, you know, people reincarnating, but I hadn't really ever considered animals reincarnating or even that we share many lifetimes together with our animals. I mean, why not? But it hadn't really crossed my mind back then. So I kind of put him down before I dropped him because I was a bit shocked. And um, he went and sat next to uh, my friend Lee's big range oven and his little Jack Russell face started to morph into that of a border collie with very specific spots on the muzzle. And I'm going, what the hell's in this cup of tea? Because I'm hallucinating border collies now. And um, just as suddenly it went back to his little Jack Russell face again. So I didn't have the courage to say to my friend, did you used to have a border collie? I just said to her, have you had a dog before? And she said, oh, not for years, you know, why do you ask? And I said, well, well, Sam's just told me this and it might sound a bit strange, but he said he's a reincarnation of your old dog and he, he, he's come back to help you through this difficult time. And she was having a very challenging time. So I said to her, well, she said, I used to have a border collie called Briar. I said, have you got a photograph of Briar? And she said, oh, I'll find one for you. And she brought it out and it's exactly the same spot formation on the muzzle. Yes. And so I kind of told her and she said, well, it doesn't surprise me. He just seems to know me. He knows my every move, my every mood. I've only had him five days, but he's just this really old soul in a little Jack Russell puppy's body. And so that was the start. So he really changed my life. And, and from then on, it's been a completely vertical learning curve. And it's taken me in so many amazing directions and different tangents. And like you say, it's taken me around the world connecting and communicating with the most amazing wild species. So that little Jack Russell puppy really, really was this huge catalyst for me. You've given me some hope. Yeah. Well, I've actually, no, I'm, I'm joking, but um, I've had border collies before and I have grandpups at the moment that are border collies. So right. they're close to my heart. So it was lovely hearing about that. But I had the funniest conversation um, a couple of months ago. Now, I'm a clairvoyant, medium, psychic, um, theatre healer, Reiki master, but I haven't been trained in talking to animals. But mm. I know I have got a connection with them and I, I do hear them a lot, especially yeah. dogs mm -hmm. and cats too. But I went to pick up, I was buying something um, on the For Sale Facebook page for this area and I had to go and pick it up at another suburb. And so I'd never been to this lady's house before. So I went in, we, I, we introduced one another and she said, excuse my little puppy, it was jumping all over me. And she said, he's just a jumper, he just jumps all over you. And I sort of went, oh, okay. And I looked and I said, who's Jasper? And she said, why? And I said, because the dog's talking about Jasper and saying he's scared of Jasper. And I said, do you know who that is? And she said, it's the dog next door. They had, oh, a, play they had a play date the other day and the, her little pup got scared by Jasper. And so he, the, the little pup was running around the house, frantic, jumping, because he knew that Jas, Jasper was next door. I said, you need to have another play date so that they can get along so that settles down because your puppy's really scared. Yes. And I walked out of there thinking, hmm, how to win friends and influence people. <laughs> it's like, it's probably I, thinking, well, I thought Lee was going to throw me off the farm because I thought he was going to think I'm <laughs> such a nutter. 
So there you go, brilliant, isn't it? It's wonderful. Yeah, it is. And it, it doesn't happen for me all the time because I don't practice it, I, I suppose. Like, like all things spiritual, the more you practice it, you build the muscle and it gets stronger and stronger. But it's just such a nice connection to everything. And it, and it yeah, you, you go. No, I was going to say, well it, well, it is and it has to be because the animals, you know, they are domestic animals, are working so hard on the kind of one-to-one -one basis with us, really working hard to, to heal us and to re-empower us. And then the wild species are working so hard with the nature realms to, because they've got their hooves, their fins, their paws, whatever, on the rhythms of the planet. Yes. Uh, and so I think, you know, it, it's a beautiful connection and we have to humankind has to start working with mother earth otherwise we have no future the same oh. kind of animals are they are you know the whales and the dolphins are desperate to dolphinate us to, the whales are desperate to show us the way of, of love you know it's like they, they're providing oceans of love for us so i feel so blessed that i'm you know kind of their well one of the people that's, that's their voice you know to their conduit to share this information because i feel it's vital i'm not important but their message is very important True. so it's a real mission of mine to to be, do the best i can to be their voice for them um you know so many people are are waking up to this fact but um you know i know that i've got a you know i've got a real mission uh to to keep going and to keep raising awareness so, so yeah. having chats like this is fantastic um but um yeah, you know, it, it never ceases to amaze me, you know, like, like that little puppy could talk about Jasper and to flag up that issue. Um, you know, what they, what they can tell us, it's amazing. And I think, you know, we can all do it. I mean, I run courses in animal communication, but the, the animals that are with us, they're the tutors. I'm just hopefully trying to interpret their, their message and, and what they want us to learn that day. Um, but we can all do it. And like you say, you know, you can... Uh, work that muscle, stretch that muscle, but it's all latent within us. I think it really depends on how far you want to take it. You know, it's just um, how open you want to be because, you know, you could just talk about, oh, yeah, my dog's favourite food is whatever. But, you know, when you get into the kind of crazy realms that I'm into, it's like, oh, that's a bit of a step up, you know, but um, it's just going with it, really, running with it. Isn't it nice though when you, you look at, um, I don't know, well, I'm just stuck on dog, dogs for a minute, um, but I do want to get to whales with you. Um, and dragons. Um, I love dragons. Um, but getting to the, the dogs and actually looking at them and seeing them in a past life form, you know, sometimes I have seen them be quite, um, quite a regal sort of well-dressed sort of the attitude. You, you can actually put them in an error i suppose and and i've been blessed a couple of times to see that even yes. and, and it's nice to see absolutely and of course this might be a little controversial i'm sure not for you but for some people you know they've shown me that they've been human in past lives and, and, and humans have been animals in past lives and some people might think oh that's a big you know backward step to come back as an animal but actually my opinion is that actually it's a it's a huge honor to come back as an animal because they're so in the moment and they're so, um, like you say, what better way to learn about unconditional love to come and to come back as a dog. And um, I, what the animals have showed, told me is that, you know, everyone can choose the best physical vehicle for their soul's evolutionary needs. And, you know, if we need to come back as a dog, then there's obviously lessons about unconditional love we need to learn and we need to, to 
know that we have that expanded heart to to give even more you know so um it's just lovely that you can just decide okay i think i need to be a horse this time because there's things i want to learn things i want to experience things i want to give things i want to receive um so it's a kind of magical journey really and i don't really believe in punishment or necessarily bad karma what the animals have taught me is more about it's just another side of the coin it's just another experience really um yeah. and uh i mean i, I know we've talking about dogs, but I uh, had a cat that taught me that we could go back to our pre-birth soul agreement, our kind of soul contract meeting with our soul families that we meet before we incarnate each time and we decide who's going to do what to who and who's going to be the mummy, who's going to be daddy and what we're going to do and all those things. But in this meeting, in that moment of creating the contracts, it's always comes from a place of love. However, yes. uh, challenging you might, because you might think, why the hell did I agree to this? You know, um, but the animals I see can are in that meeting too. And this cat taught me that we could go back and write new clauses for our for our contract. We can write in what we want from now on. So we can change our contracts. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. Um, and again, I've been using those techniques with, with humans for quite a while and, and having the most amazing results. And again, it's that little cat just said, well, you know, I think you ought to go back and and change a contract don't you and i went um hmm, okay how do we do that and i was on the phone to this cat's human actually and she had a terrible terrible life and first of all the cat told me that it had uh, the root cause was something that happened back in atlantis but then suggested after we healed that that you know we could go back and and um go back to the soul contract meeting and and change things from now on you know um you now choose to feel safe you now choose to feel uh, healthy or whatever and it's an amazing so that's just a little cat, you know, she sent me a photograph of this little cat and she's there in a little twin set and pearls and I thought, oh my God, how can I tell her what this cat's saying about Atlantis and these, you know, alien implants and all kinds of crazy stuff. But she was saying, oh yes, well, you know, I've always been quite interested in Atlantis and I thought, oh, thank goodness for that. Um, <laughs> she was totally open to it, however, you know, completely crazy it sounded. But from that one case, it gave me a whole new dimension to help people even further. You know, so it's Mind that's, blowing, really. that's how our spirit works. I do theta healing. So yeah. we have limitless thoughts and we can release past life blocks and yeah. patterns. Um, and, I, and I really have done a lot of work so that uh, on myself and so it ripples down to the, the generations that come after me that, yes. that um, will have a better life. Um, mm. But I never, I, I, what I, when I was t telling you the story about um, the dog that I'd seen with the top hat coming from, he was a person. And mm. I, and so I, I understand that. And some people are quite, um, that are well to do in their lives really come through as, and I, as a pompous dog it was. And I, and it sort of had all the attributes that that person would have had. Yes. And, and uh, it made me smile. Um, but I love um, the fact that we can learn from, from all walks of life. You know, with trees, last year, um, no, the year before I was at Avery and the under the beech trees on the roots and I'll be back there June this year. That's oh, amazing. Those trees are incredible, aren't they? Aren't they? So we've got animals and we've got trees and we've got, you know, anything that, that's, that's basically um, in the world that we can actually tap into. Um, dragons. Is, oh, is, yes. <laughs> I love my dragons. 
Um, everybody that I've said to, I have dragons with me, mm-hmm. and they've, they've looked at me and gone, mm-hmm, yes, and I'm, <laughs> where, where would you like to be committed? No. Yes. Where are the men in the white coats? <laughs> <laughs> but I love them, you know, and, and um, I always have, have had, had one around, but when I actually flew to England in 2015, um, the connection to the others um, just slotted in. It was the most amazing thing. Now, I'd never been out of Australia before that. And so I got to to England and then these synchronicities kept unfolding for me. And then I went to Glastonbury and um, it was like I'd been there before. It was really odd and... um, I had some really strange things happen, but my connection to the dragon energy um, in that trip was just threefold after that. Mm. Um, You're so lucky to be living in England because I I really feel like there's pockets of energy where there are different animals Mm -hmm. and there are different um, ways to connect to them. And even though I I connected before I left, it was not, not, not a strong connection like it was when I was in England. So do you find that with your travels that you go to certain areas and um, you sort of hit, it's like hitting a glass roof and then it opens up to, to a better connection? Well, yes. I mean, as you say, Glastonbury with the, the tour dragon, there's a huge dragon energy in Glastonbury tour. And yeah. I always kind of feel when I'm on the tour that I can hear his kind of scales rattling as he moves around beneath me and under the ground kind of thing. And so, yeah, there's a, it's a huge dragon energy there. And um, we went to the World Dragon Day at Avery last October. Oh. And the day after that, we went to another stone circle called uh, Stanton Drew, which isn't too far away from me either. And we kind of awakened, we did a dragon ceremony there. And then um, in November, we went to South Africa and we're talking about um, glass roofs opening up. It's all the white lion energy there. And, um, and we went to Adam's Calendar, which is, uh, I think, uh, the oldest man-made stone circle in the world. It's a huge escarpment in the Dragon, Drakensberg Mountains, Dragon Mountains. And um, we did a full moon ceremony there with the dragons and that was just amazing. But that's a place, I think, that um, when you're between the, the two centre stones of Adam's calendar, the energy frequencies there are so powerful. And, um, yeah, it just takes you into all kinds of dimensions. But um, I think... The main thing in, in, in uh, South Africa is obviously working with, with the wildlife there, but it's the white lions, I think, that really call me and the elephant energies are just off the scale, amazing, beautiful. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know if you've heard about Linda Tucker, she's got an amazing reserve there where she's um, kind of preserved the only wild pride of the white lions. And there was a huge male lion there called Mandela. He's now in spirit. And I see him as a wonderful winged lion now. But he's, I met him, first of all, in 2009 in the physical. And he's been a huge driving force behind me. And uh, he comes into me in the strangest places. Because um, I was in Peru and Bolivia, actually, nearly this time last year. And again, the dragon energy is there. We went to a place called um, Amaru Maru, which is a huge galactic portal um, site there. And uh, there were all these rock formations. And they just looked like dragon skeletons and dragon... Um, kind of spines and, and it's just amazing and um but what's lovely is that that they all connect you know the, the whale energies the dragon energies the white line energies they all come as as co-guardians um, yes. and uh mandler came into me and i just felt these huge roars 
bubbling up from inside me. I thought, oh my God, I'm going to have to start roaring because I thought if I don't let it out, I'm going to explode. And luckily I was with a group of Dutch people who were like, yeah, whatever, it's fine, it's all cool, you know. <laughs> so I just started to make these huge roaring sounds and he, it was like he was just filling the whole valley. I'm not sure what the inhabitants of the valley felt. This thought there was a wild lion marauding around the place, but it echoed, of course, everywhere. But I just had to let it out and I also had a beautiful huge reconnection with a with a, a lovely dragon uh, because I was this, this Pachamama or Pachamama or Pachamama people say the kind of earth um, goddess that they obviously uh, believe so strongly in, in Peru and, and uh, Bolivia and I love to connect with her but um, there's a big uh, kind of she's kind of a, a deep fuchsia pink dragon called Lancha Mama who came into me there as well suddenly just arrived and um, Again, it was just so mind blowing, and and like you say, it's unexpected, and there's just these like you say places that you go, like real hot spots of energy that just kind of I don't know, just become electrifying, and and magic happens. So it's lovely that you know you found that in Glastonbury in England, you know, the mm. dragon energy. Oh, also, Cornwall, Cornwall is has huge, and obviously Wales has the Welsh the, the red Welsh dragon as a yes. as that kind of symbol. But in Cornwall, there's a lot of dragon energy down there. And that's, I think, when I first connected working with uh, my dragon called Gratz, who is an aura cleanser. And he comes to help me with working with horses that have got very negative energies or even entities in their auras. And he kind of zaps them. And then we create, working with the horses, higher self of what kind of aura colors they would like in their new auras. And we kind of knit them new auras. And that can release a lot of fear and um, anxiety and aggression all kinds of things that horses can be displaying when you clear their auras they can be instantly so calm and, and much much happier and so thanks to Graz, he kind of you know he just came to me one day and said um yeah i'm going to do this and he can be very very fierce or he can be very very gentle and so sometimes when i'm with him i say no, we don't want napalm today can we just have very gentle cleansing dragon breath so he said okay so he's been an amazing ally, a healing ally for many years now. And it's, yes. He was kind of the, the first one and then it's kind of escalated, but it's, it's escalated more and more, I think, in the last probably three years. I think they're coming in to so many of us now to really, again, help us to, to really expand and help with the whole ascension process. So it's so lovely to meet a fellow dragon lover. Wow. They're, just, they're just the most amazing, amazing healing allies, healing colleagues, aren't they really? Ah, oh, look, it was amazing. I, I don't know the names of mine. Um, lucky you that you, you know them. But um, in, in uh, I was with a girlfriend one day and I said to her, um, I have a, a, new, a new guy and it's a dragon. And I said, do you want to see him? She said, yes. And so playful. And she closed her eyes. And next minute, these two big eyes, she said, were in front <laughs> of her and scared the crap out of her. And she said, oh, <laughs> And I just started laughing and I went, yeah, sorry about that, because they're quite playful as well. Yeah. But I was very lucky um, a few years ago to take a picture. I was out at what we call Liffey Falls, which is waterfalls out in the country. And I mm. took a photo um, and it was of the trees. And something guided me when I came back home to blow it up. And mm. I actually had all of my guides in this one picture. Wow. So I had an Indian guide and you can actually see them. It's a black and white photo and I've blown it up and I've actually shown people in workshops and I have an Indian and a, um, a wizard that that's a little bit Merlinish but I have this really big bear 
Wow. Really big brown bear. And um, then a couple of years after that, I actually had a spirit drawing done for me. And the lady was drawing it and I said, oh, and what is that? And she said, oh, that's a bear. And I said, of course it is. And he's just on my shoulder all the time. And I just know he's there. Um, but I went to Egypt last year and um, we were talking about archetypes and trying to, to see what archetypes. And I've always thought... Um, very much into the Hatha side of things. and, oh, and yes. Yeah, I like the Hatha energy and I've worked with Hatha for a while, but Anubis came in and mm -hmm. I couldn't stop saying his name. And I reckon I said it, I don't know, a hundred times a day with this Anubis and the eyes would light up and everybody would laugh. But um, I love the fact that their afterlife and Anubis is there putting his paw on when they weigh the heart to see if you've got a light enough heart to, to, to uh, weigh against the, the feather. And Anubis yeah. is there ready to put his paw on it so that it actually weighs out better. Um, so it, everywhere you go, you, you pick up a little bit of, of that area. The white lion energy, that uh, I'm a Leo, so... Um, Me too. Oh, are you? Yeah. We've got our mains. We've <laughs> got mains. <laughs> well, I've just started to grow mine back. I, ha I had mine cut off and I was standing in the, the white, the red springs or the white springs mm -hmm. um, at Glastonbury and I heard this, this voice say, where is your hair? Mm -hmm. And I just had it chopped off and went, I'm growing it again. You know, it was yeah. sort of like that. Um, but the, the, the lion energy that you talk about, so um, is that the white lion energy different to normal lion's energy? So well, yeah, I mean, I mean, all lions, as far as I'm concerned, are just are the most majestic yes. beings. I mean, they call them the king of the jungle. But the white lions, they, the, the indigenous peoples, the Shangan and the Zulu, believe that the white lions are the star children. They, they are children of the sun god. They are when they return to their homeland, which is a, an area of South Africa called Timbavati. Uh, when they return there, and this is where Linda has her pride of white lions, um, that uh, the earth can be healed. It's a bit like the Native Americans and the white buffalo. Well, that's so, what I was going to say. Yes. Yes, I mean, that they believe that they are totally sacred. And yes. there's just something, they're just, they are just these star beings. And um, when I was recently out in South Africa, I met four new white lions who were sort of semi-captive. And the thing is that they have to be protected because the poaching is so bad. But Mandela, this big um, male lion I was talking about, asked me to reconnect them to their star heritage because they had kind of lost sight of it in their captivity. And I uh, met this new male lion who was called Eddie, but now wants to be called Aslan. And just the connection with them and how that has, um, how they've changed and how the messages keep coming from them. And it's, it's just, um, Again, such a huge blessing and a privilege to be part of that reconnection with them. Because once they, we reconnected them, reminded them of their star heritage and their connections, it, it, Eddie was walking along the fence and it was like, he was just glowing all this golden light. It was just amazing. I just stood there with my mouth open going, oh my God. Um, so, you know, there's just, and of course, you know, talking about Egypt, another hotspot where it's such a thin veil, isn't it, to, oh, you know, I mean, I love that. Yeah, I mean, 
with my natural eyes, I was standing in the temple and it was like the heat haze. Yeah. And it one of the girls, how do I explain what I'm seeing? Mm. And she said, the matrix glitch. And I thought that's perfect yeah. because you actually see it with your, your, your normal eyes. Absolutely. Well, of course, I connected with Sekhmet, but the Sekhmet just changed my oh. life. She just turned my whole life upside down, which is what Hello. she does. She creates chaos, well, order through chaos, doesn't she? But um, the very first night I was there, I kept having this voice in my head saying, Hathor will help you, Hathor will help you. I thought, who yes. the hell's Hathor? Who's this Hathor? Because uh, I only knew her as Hathor, you see, but of course the Egyptians call her Hathor. Hathor. Mm -hmm. so, so the next morning we went, um, I mean, in, there's a little temple you probably went to called Dar el Medina, which is a little Hathor temple on the left, uh, yeah, West Bank. And it, it, it's quite small. You go past the village of the artisans and it's just kind of behind that. And in that temple, I've had the most mind-blowing experiences, really out of planetary stuff going on there. And, and she's just so loving and joyful and, 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 uh, and gentle, yes. isn't she? I love her energy, Hathor's beauty. Yes. Sekhmet's a different, a, different, a different kettle of fish, but I love her too. It kind of feels like, um, like she's my mother, really. I always burst into tears when I, when I go to Karnak and see her, her statue. It's like, oh, you know, so again, but that's another place where, my God, your head just gets lifted off, doesn't it? Sekhmet, um, I had the most amazing experience. So they, they, what they did was, I suppose you did the same, we had uh, private access mm -hmm. at Karnak to see Sekhmet. We all had our turn going in. Yeah. Um, and we had, um, we were told what we could say and that we had to not show our back to Sekhmet, had to mm -hmm. back out of there. Yes. Um, and when I asked, um, I've been very fortunate. Spirit looks after me quite well and I donate my time and, and travel to different places and do workshops and speak. And um, I was there and yes, I asked things for myself. Um, and then all of a sudden there was like this heat wave in front. You could see the vibration and the eyes was open and then closed and it was goosebump. Like I've never had so many God bumps. And then I asked for humanity in gentle ways. Um, and I don't idolise anybody. I admire people's knowledge and I respect people. Um, but I'd have to say um, Sekbet put me to my knees mm. and I felt so blessed to be in front of Sekmet and um, I will never forget that experience no. ever, ever again. No, it was beautiful. No. Something just so incredibly amazing about her energy. She's so powerful and... Um, yeah, and I think, you know, she just reconnects us to our, our lion being. I mean, I think as it was Leo and, and just looking at you, you know, I think you've got this incredible connection to the lion beings, the Sirius and whatever, you know. So she just kind of hot wires you back to that connection, I think. And thank goodness. I think, mm. every, I think every now and again we need to have a, a, a boot in the backside to connect us back to where we need to be. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But, I've, you know, I've got... Um, Amazing story. I'll try and keep it brief. About um, I had a a, a, night, a midnight kind of visitor through my cat flap in my kitchen, and I I would hear the cat flap crash, and I thought, what is my cat doing now? What's he brought in now? Kind of thing, because he's a real hunter. And then I realised my cat was asleep on my bed, and I thought, what's coming? Is that coming in? And um, so I kind of got out of bed and rushed down the corridor because I live in a, in a kind of uh, single-story house. And whatever was in there had kind of disappeared out through the cat flap. So I didn't see it, but I saw all these huge, damp footprints all over the, the kitchen floor. And I thought, that must be a big cat. And there was this coming in. So I thought, oh, I'm so tired. I'm just going to go back to bed. So I went back to bed. And an hour later, heard the crash of the cat flap again, went, dashed down there again, and just saw 
as I got um, in there, saw this grey, kind of stripy, fluffy backside shoot out through the cat flap. And the only thing I could think of was it was a badger, because what else could it be in England? So anyway, this happened two or three, three nights running, and um, I started putting food out for him. I thought it's very unusual, because they're usually very shy, so I started putting all this food out for him. And then on the national news, they uh, reported that uh, a raccoon had been caught in oh. my room. And so my son said, are you sure it's a badger, not a raccoon? I said, well, we don't have raccoons in England. <laughs> anyway, my neighbours apparently had had some problems with him rolling around their flower pots. So they called the local badger rescue. So they set a trap, only to find they had captured a raccoon, a large raccoon. And uh, obviously in England, in America, that would be very normal to have raccoons coming in your house, but not in England. So then not in Australia either. <laughs> yeah, well, I kind of finally got around to thinking, asking him why had he come. It was almost like, finally she gets around talking to me and he started to download all these amazing messages of kind of uh, quantum physics astro you know all kinds of stuff and some of the things i never heard of i never even knew how to spell them but I, he would wake me up about four o'clock every morning and i'd be writing all this stuff down and um he started talking about a very high frequency that was connected to sacred geometry and uh cetacean sound and um started talking about organ energy and I didn't know what that was. I heard of organite, but not organ. And everything he told me started to, um, if I researched it, I understood what he was saying to me. Yes. And, um, but then eventually I, got, I found from him that actually it was a, a future aspect of myself coming from the Pleiades. And the only way that- oh, it felt, Yeah, exactly. So it was only through an animal because they knew like finally I would kind of start communicating with animal, but it was the way for them to, to come into my consciousness again to teach me about healing from the future and so i understood that this animal it was kind of a, like my future so was i walk into this animal so even if you try to talk about people say to people well i've had a raccoon in my kitchen they they look at you strangely enough already but when you start to say well it was a walk-in from my future self they go okay again <laughs> where are the men in the white coats they're forming a queue outside the house um but i've just been given the most um, you know, incredible uh, information so all this is in a new book, all this crazy stuff. But one of the things he said to me was, you have to go to um, the solar plexus uh, chakra of the world. And I started to get all this pain in, in, my, in my gut. And um, when I researched it, and I think people have different views of, of which chakras are in which kind of location of the planet. But You're when I- Well, exactly. So when I, I Googled it, it said it was Uluru. And ironically, no, no, no such thing as coincidence. I was booked to go to us. I was speaking at a conference in Wellington, New Zealand. And whilst I was out your way, I thought, right, I'll spend some time in Australia. And I really want to go to Uluru. So we were all booked to go there. So that was in about two or three weeks time after this message. So when I got to Uluru, had the most amazing experience there. And um, this being came through and directed me to, um, to work with etheric huge etheric crystals to, to kind of implant into Uluru and then Atafuya, um, I don't know how you pronounce it, the old and then also um, at Mount Connor because um, we run away to um, King's Canyon and then I just saw this huge outcrop of rock and thought gotta go there, gotta go there. So it, you know just amazing to spend time and I just had the, you know, the most incredible experiences there and, and just loved it and loved Australia. It was fantastic. So I'd love to come back sometime. But well, it's, it's a synchronicity, isn't it? You come back and, I, and you go to Uluru or anywhere else, I'm coming with you. Yes, great <laughs> stuff. Okay, you're on.
<laughs> Good. Oh, I'll come with you. There's something that I wanted to ask you though. Now I said before at the beginning that that I'm a bird person. Okay. Yeah. So I always have messages with birds. So here it's my um, good messages and good omens is a kookaburra. Yes. And my bad ones, um, I really have a close connection to crows and ravens. They tell mm -hmm. me that a warning's coming. I've always, even since I was a little girl. But when, before somebody passes away, and this is a little bit controversial, but it's my question, so I just thought I'd ask you yep. just for help. Um, a couple of weeks before my mum passed away, I was driving down to the shack and I hit a hawk and killed it. Mm -hmm. um, and then at different other times in my life, when there's been a dead bird, somebody passes away. Mm -hmm. My house in the last, I live in a unit, uh, for the past three years, I've been here for a 12, 14 months now, mm -hmm. but my, my unit in the last three weeks has had so many bird hits front and back None of the birds have been have passed away, so it's not a death. I know that um, because I, you know that's just the the way that it's rolled for me. Um, but the birds have been hitting my window, my bedroom window, the front door, and it's like they're hitting either side of it. And I've never done that before. What's the message in that? Well, what I was coming, what was coming through to me was that they're really kind of. Um, the right words it's kind of you know how to say what it is but trying to find the right way to verbalize it <coughs> it feels like they're really trying to upgrade you they're, they're really um it's almost like an etheric kicking you the backside it's like um i am like, open <laughs> they're kind of bombarding you saying yes. you know you can if you if you're um uh, open to it and i know you are completely i think you said so um you know just listen to us we're going to upgrade you even more um, yes and you know, I, I love actually seeing ravens or crows because to me, there's always kind of some kind of magic. Oh, um, yes. But, um, but again, you know, if, if it's a signal that there's a, someone's going to pass over, but it's kind of like they're paving the way. I think hitting that hawk was almost like that hawk was, had kind of chosen to, to be the kind of way shower for your yes. mother. Yes. Um, you know that, you know, you tell you that, but with them, you know, banging into, into that, it's almost like it's saying, um, be ready you know, get ready because things are going to uh, upgrade and, and lift off even more. But also maybe it might be, I'm sure, I'm sure you would have felt into the energies of your place, but it might be that maybe um, you could do a little bit more clearing there. They might also be flagging that up saying um, something about the land that it's built on. I don't know whether you know much about the history of that particular area where you are, but it's something no, about, there's something about um, maybe there's some healing needs to be done there. Um, Maybe some indigenous land near you, or something to connect with that. That's what they're kind of saying to me. Is that that they're kind of just kicking you a little bit, just saying, "Can you have look into that? Maybe be more aware and see whether you can find something that needs some healing there. Not in a negative way, just some just some healing. Just some, oh, yeah. you know, it's this it needs some something either way where your unit's built on needs some some loving energy. Needs some. I'll take that on board. Yeah, it's like it needs it needs to feel love again. There's like something, maybe something happened there. So it doesn't feel like it's a horrible energy or anything negative at all. It just needs something that can just, yeah, just 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 send some love and, and maybe download some loving energy into it. Thank but you. They're really, they're really saying get ready because there's gonna, and I'd love to hear you know what happens because they're kind of saying come on, come on. Um, there's something exciting, something 
even more magical is going to sort of come, start coming in and you're going to be working on even, even more amazing uh, levels. So uh, I'm about that. Madeline, if you, my life has been so blessed. I have just had one miracle after another, after another. And just the way that it's gone is I, I am just, you know, I just trust them, trust spirit completely. Yeah. We've, we've um, slowly running out of time and I, would like, <laughs> I know, but I, first I want to ask you before we get to the end part, um, the whales, like you've got many whale CDs. I have never, I haven't heard yours. I apologize. Um, but I love the sounds of whales and, and, and I've listened to the whale sounds and I personally haven't yet, and I'll say yet, picked up on what they're saying. Mm -hmm. That's, that would be so bloody awesome for you to be able to know what the whales are saying. You're so, I think that's just such a blessing. It is. It's, it's completely overwhelming. It's so emotional. And um, yes. you know, about horses looking into your souls, when you get eyeballed by a whale, I mean, it's almost indescribable. But their main message is about, is about love. The, I met an amazing mother whale um, off the Dominican Republic, and she said that I could call her Gina. And she was saying that they imbue every molecule in the ocean with their love. And as the oceans reach the shore, that love is kind of downloaded into the shore. And this is despite all the whaling and all the destruction that we've done. And, and she said that yeah. she kind of views uh, humans as slightly delinquent teenagers, that they're kind of kind of trying to get us back on track. You know? and then yeah, hopefully. And, um, and I swam with this sperm whale calf and he was talking, because they don't sing as such, they have this kind of encoded clicker language. And he told me that it was connected to an ancient Atlantean Lemurian clicking language. And that I had to go and meet the Bushmen of the Kalahari to record their speech, their ancient tongue, because they still have this click in their language. Um, so I did eventually go to the Kalahari and meet an amazing shaman there. And when I recorded his click and the, uh, played it against the clicks of, of the sperm whales, it was exactly the same kind of resonance. So they're, they're really talking about love. That's their main kind of message. It's about really coming from a place of love instead of fear. So in a nutshell, that's really what the whales are saying. But uh, I was in Tonga the year before last, and that was the first time I really felt there a little bit of despair creeping in about humans. And so we did more healing with them than before, um, rather than just going in and having a lovely swim and, and feeling their love. It was like we had to really send them lots of healing and, and um, kind of uh, restoring them because they were getting a lot of harassment from people that were just going and chasing them and chasing their calves and it was really upsetting me but um again it's about re-empowerment it's about uh reconnecting interspecies unification that's the biggest i think message from all these animals but especially the whales yeah. and the cosmic whales are really holding the matrix of the planet and they, they told me that every time a whale blows their kind of divine breath goes to uh, strengthen the earth matrix like this golden grid around the planet so um that's a, yeah, I think in a nutshell, that's really what they're telling us. Aren't they beautiful? I mean, I, I'm in awe that you can understand them. And it just, I, I've had, like I said, dolphin experiences, but never a whale experience. And that might be on my bucket list. So I well, if you go to Harvey Bay, Harvey Bay's now got a license for people to go and swim with them now. Obviously, there's a lot of whale watching on Harvey Bay, but yes. they've now got a license to swim. So if you feel yes. like getting in the water with them, get up to Harvey Bay and, um, and yes. uh, yeah, have a look. 
Well, I only lived a couple of hours down the road for three or four years, and I never did that. Now I'm I'm in Tasmania, so which is at the bottom of Australia. It's so, a bit of a trek back up. I, I can get there though. That's on my yeah. bucket list. Madeline, where can people contact you? What have you got coming up? And um, can you give me some website details and about your book that's coming out and your cards and where people can access you and your information? Okay, well, they can contact me on my website, which is um, madelinewalker.co.uk. And um, they'll find all the details about, about my CDs, my books, and, and what I've got the cards coming out. And there's all the messages from Gina and all the different whales uh, and... Um, they're called Earthkeeper cards. So there's messages, there's kind of planetary healing messages and personal healing messages. So we can all become Earth Keepers and Earth Guardians, um, guided by these incredible beings of the whales and the dragons. So Gina's got it. We've got a Gina card there. And um, they'll be out, as I said, probably around the 21st of March. So you can order them uh, on my website. It will be on Amazon. Um, and so my, my email's on there. So um, and Unity's coming out. It's going to be launched on World, uh, sort of, sorry, yeah. World Earth Day kind of thing on the 22nd of April. So um, it's uh, I've got some amazing photographs of all these incredible beings being uh, put in it now to bring it all together. So yeah, so MadelineWalker.co.uk is where you can find me, and it's got my email address. And um, and you want to chat about things, got my Skype address on there as well. So I do a lot of um, readings for people, animals that they have with them now, and animals in spirit. They want to find out if they've had past lives together and if they're going to come back again. So um, yeah, so it's my um, pleasure to be of service, really. That's your forte, and I'm so um, in awe of your talent and in awe of your knowledge and experience. Um, and to have somebody, and I'd like to thank you, to have you out there and you know, monitoring and looking after um, the animals that you do for the planet and and co-creating with spirit to try and get our planet up to the unconditional love, five dimensional people, you know, aware of things, you know, Madeline, just hats off to you. Thank you very much. Well, you know, we are all working in our, doing our bit and it's just lovely that we've got different strengths that we can share yes. and inspire other people. You know, what you do inspires me. So, you know, it's, um, we're all doing our bit, I think. Yeah. I should have asked you while I had you was pull a card for me just to have a look at, at what, you, what, uh, what whale or dragon card that you would have picked. I should have asked oh, you that. that. I don't have them physically with me, but when I'm, when I, if I tune in, I'm just going to ask now who's going to come through. Um, oh, okay. I've got, I've got uh, Gratz is coming in. I think he's, he's a, as I talked about, he's the aura cleanser, but also Ratu. Ratu came to me in South Africa and he's the quencher of the land. So he's coming to, again, bring balance to the rainfall in Australia. It's, it's about um, helping the nature realms of Australia. So I feel that Ratu wants to come and help you. Thank you, Ratu. And that's perfect. Madeline, thank you very much for talking to me. And we'll have to do this again another time. Oh, we've got so much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we? Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome.